multi-published K. George is our first interview. We had a grand conversation about how she develops her series, world building, writing short stories versus writing novels, and work for hire, plus a lot more, including giggles. And this is only the start of our interview. Next week, we'll talk details about her writing process, productivity, and more. Here it is, giggles and all, part one of our conversation with national best-selling writer of Mysteries with a Twist, Kay George. Welcome to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Writers, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, drive a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Okay, it tells me. Recording in progress. <laughs> yep, it does. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I'm trying to do these interviews as part of my podcast. Uh, I thought what have you done? Thing. Have you done some? Uh, I, I'm in three years. Uh, I have over 110 episodes once a week. Um, so I've been doing this for quite some time. You're getting louder and softer. Oh. When you turn your head, you get really soft. Okay, maybe <laughs> I need to angle for this. <laughs> That's louder, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so this is all about you. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm going to let you start and put in questions as I as we need them, okay? So let's start okay. with uh, <laughs> your writing credentials. Uh, tell us about your book. I have um, written five mystery series and about 50 short stories. One series is out of print. I have, um, actually I brought all my books. I have two cozy series, the Vintage Suites cozy series. Okay. And the Cat cozy series written um, as Janet Cantrell. Okay. And then I have uh, <laughs> my Humorous Texas. And I'm writing Stroke. <laughs> and the third one will come out. Um, I see they have prices on them. These are some that didn't sell somewhere. And they're That's all backwards, aren't they? announced that you had a new publisher for, isn't it? Well, I, same publisher. Um, oh, okay, great. Andre is doing the third book. It's just taken me a long time to get to the third book because I was. I did those two cozy series in between. <laughs> I know how that is because I bounce around with my yeah, genres. Me too. My uh, that was the uh, a death in time, isn't that? The, uh, the one is death in the new land. Death in the new land. Okay. This is death in the time of ice, and I'm sorry. Oh, they're back that's a mammoth. That. <laughs> yeah, and that's the Neanderthal tribe. 
is that the edge of the glacier and the ice age is just starting. Oh. And they have to flee south because the mammoth are going away from the glaciers. Yeah. And this is death on the trek while they're, while they're fleeing. And then the third one is death in the new land after they get there. Do you have a, a, a common, strong, primary character for those? Do they solve the, mysteries? Um, the main character is uh, named Enga Dancing Flower. She's a member of the tribe. And she is mostly helped by a young juvenile boy named Jeek. He doesn't have his adult name yet. He will get that in a in about another year. <laughs> so, oh, great. You've created a whole world with that, haven't you? I have created a language. Yeah, the hierarchy. Um, I have a, a matriarchal society. Um, yeah, I have created the world to fit as many facts as I know and can find out. Right. I, I try not to violate anything that I know is, is true or uh -huh. has a theory. <laughs> so Now, is that one of those, pro you know, I have my love projects. Is that one of your love projects or were the cat books your love projects? <laughs> no, it, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> it really is. Um, I love my imaging books. Those are close to my heart, the Choke, Smoke, and Broke and um, the Neanderthal books. I worked, it's very, very hard to write those. It takes a lot of research and yeah. a lot of, and they're making new discoveries all the time. And I kind of have to catch up on the discoveries as I'm going along. Yeah. As I was writing the first book, they finished uh, sequencing the Neanderthal genome. And that was yeah. exciting. They found out that that person that they sequenced was redheaded and freckled, which is Totally contrary how anybody's ever pictured a Neanderthal. <laughs> so. <laughs> so all the museums, paleontological museums are changing the, the wigs on the, the yeah. dioramas. <laughs> yeah, I love, there's a diorama at uh, a life-size one at uh, the Smithsonian. Yes, I, I think that. I draw on, I love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, how did you get... How did you get into the Neanderthal series? And I don't mean to concentrate on that. I'm just intrigued. That's okay. Um, <laughs> it, it is, I mean, I, as to my, as far as I know, I'm the only person writing a Neanderthal murder mystery series. Other people write Neanderthal fiction. I'm a member of a prehistory group and other people are writing um, prehistory, but mine are the only ones that are actual murder mysteries and they're structured as murder mysteries. Um, I've just always been, I, found my first trilobite when I was in junior high school, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I took geology in college and I, I never took anthropology, but I've just always, always been interested in it and read a lot about it. And then what spurred me on with this were the recent discoveries about Neanderthals and mm -hmm. how different they are to what everyone pictures them as. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted people to know they weren't dumb cavemen who clubbed women over the head. They dragged them by the hair. So <laughs> I wanted to portray them as I thought they probably were. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you find ways to kill people? You know, I resort to knives and, and bullets and things like that. So how do they wind up killing each other? <laughs> oh, it's easy to kill people back then. <laughs> You can drown them, you can bonk them on the head, you can strangle them, kind of the same ways. They don't have- the same way we would. Yeah, uh, they have spears, they don't have guns, but they have everything else we have. 
and I guess uh, the the rock hammer thing that they use, the, uh, the where they wound a rock with some braided thread around the stick of some sort. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about your Imogene books. Um, <laughs> well, those those came out of um, the three years that we lived in a town called Holiday, Texas. Mm -hmm. It's uh, outside of Wichita Falls. And it's a very, very harsh climate, a hard place to live. It's in Tornado Alley. It's uh, the weather is kind of brutal. Um, and I think the people make up for that because the people are wonderful. Um, yeah. And yeah. after we moved away from there, I thought, you know, I need to set something there. And Wichita Falls, honestly, is one of the silliest towns in the world because it's named after a waterfall that is not there. What? What? <laughs> How did they do that? <laughs> it was named Wichita Falls, which and the Wichita Falls at that time were really more of a, 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 a rapids, you know, a pretty complicated rapids. A storm came along and wiped out the rapids, so it was just a river. And so the, it was already named Wichita Falls. And quite a few years ago, the city fathers and mothers maybe decided that they needed a waterfall. So at the side of the river on a big hill, they put a pump, they pump the water up. And um, there's actually there's fake rocks. The water falls down over fake rocks into the river. And if the water gets too low and silty, they have to turn off the waterfall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just I'm going to have to look for internet images of Wichita Falls, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so I can it's, see that. It's, it's quite a town. <laughs> and you say Imogene is very close to your heart. Yeah. Um, I had been trying and trying to get an agent and get some books published and everything got turned down and then actually the neanderthal books were getting turned down by agents who said i love this series it's better than gene all but i don't know how to sell it and i couldn't get an agent to take it and it broke my heart and i got mad and i said i'm gonna write the stupidest mystery series i can think of my my detective is gonna be too stupid to live she's gonna do everything wrong she's gonna <laughs> go into the dark rooms and um so that's what i wrote <laughs> she is the mother of nancy drew duckworthy she's always been a mystery fan um who is four years old when the when the series starts and she was fathered by a trucker at a truck stop imogene didn't get his name and she mm -hmm. lives with her retired librarian mother in a single wide and um <laughs> just i just have fun with that series <laughs> Oh, uh, and your other one is a cat cozy. The other one, they're both cat cozies, yes. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. Tell us about them. Well, Fat Cat um, is a really good concept. Um, the cat is Quincy, and this concept is totally the publisher's concept. And oh. it was written as a work for hire, mm -hmm. um, and I was to make the cat. Uh, the being who found all the dead bodies and most of the clues right. but i wasn't supposed to have the cat talk or think mm -hmm. but i was just i so i had little sections where i showed the cat doing these things like going in and finding the body and eating the meatloaf and doing all that stuff 
Um, and some people do think the cat, that they're in the cat's head, but I was told not to get in the cat's head, so I didn't. Right. Um, but they were really fun to write. Um, and it's it's kind of a kind of easy to we I know a group of us were discussing today, you know, how does your sleuth find, you know, does your sleuth always find the body or how do you, you know, where in what are your different methods? Well, the cat always finds the body in me. So that's easy. Right. Just do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Now are you a cat lover? I am. I've had lots and lots of cats and, and a few dogs. So <laughs> And he said there's another cat series? Well, that's the vintage. And that one was Penguin. Um, and I sold a ton of those, but it got canceled. It got canceled, actually, when Random House bought Penguin. And they fired a lot of writers and editors. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of a massacre, a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> this one, the first one is... Deadly Sweet 2, and then Revenge is Sweet, and Into the Sweet Hereafter. Um, candy and cats. What more could you want? Candy and cats, right. My, um, my main character, Tally, um, it's, it's the trope. They, she comes back from the big city to, um, I said it in Fredericksburg, because I love the town of Fredericksburg. Right. Is that where the, there's this huge stair, stair steps up from the river? Or is that somewhere else in Virginia? So. Okay. This is this is in Texas. Oh, Texas. Okay. Yeah, Fredericksburg, Texas. It's a little German tourist town. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of unique things, like the Sunday houses. The old Germans used to, they were farmers, and they would come into town for church, and they built these Sunday houses, these little narrow two-story houses, just, you know, one room upstairs, one room downstairs. And the women were upstairs and the men were downstairs. And they came there to stay for the weekend to go to church because mm -hmm. they were so far out of town. They couldn't just come to church and go home. Right. So, and there, a lot of them are still there and some of them are um, rented out. Um, Cost quite a bit to rent one <laughs> and to buy one. <laughs> yeah. You said you also have, did you say over 50 short stories? Yeah, last count. I, I have trouble keeping count of my short stories. <laughs> and I didn't bring any of my anthologies in. I'm in quite a few anthologies and some magazines. And actually, short stories are my first love. I, oh. I much prefer to write short stories, but there is absolutely no money in You think there's no money in novels. There's less money in short stories. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I love to write short stories. And I... Um, I'm always writing one anyway. <laughs> Have you thought about individually self-publishing the short stories? I published a volume of eight of them mm -hmm. um, quite a few years ago. I self-published it. And Untreed Reads is going to publish um, another collection for me this year sometime. I don't have okay. a date for that. But they said that they would put out another collection. Because I would honestly rather not self-publish anything it's easier to let somebody else do it <laughs> and you just write them and send them off <laughs> yeah yeah and then I'll, I'll publicize them and sell them and sign them and whatever but um putting them together uh formatting them I like somebody else to do that <laughs> it's not one of my strengths and what is it that you like about short stories over novels 
Well, it's that you can, okay, I always say that I can hold a short story in my head. I can formulate a short story and work on it and then write it. I can't hold a novel in my head. I have to, I, I work off a spreadsheet. I have to have my characters. I have to remember what kind of car they drive, um, what, you know, how tall they are and stuff like that. And that's yeah. on a spreadsheet for me. <laughs> you do it on the spreadsheet. I do it in a little notebook. I have all these notes to myself about like, yeah. she has this favorite color that she likes. She drives this car. I have columns for that. I have the characters down the left side and I have columns for what role they play, what their age is, you know, who they're related to and that kind of stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't get through a novel without that because I, in fact, in one novel, I did give the main character a car that belonged to a main character in another series, but I noticed it before it got published. <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I noticed that you have a brand that you sign your emails with, Mysteries with a Twist. Um, yeah, that's kind of my tagline, logline, I guess. I just, um, I had a longer one. It was Mysteries everywhere neanderthal to now and i that's just kind of cumbersome yeah. i just wanted something short and pithy and i do always try to put a twist on everything and uh -huh. preferably a double twist <laughs> <laughs> the other thing i like about short stories is you can try things out for the length of a short story that you couldn't get away with in a novel experiment yes yes try different voices different I wrote one short story once that's um, second person present tense, which I could never do for any longer than short story length, but it was really fun to do. <laughs> now, how did the publisher who asked you for the work for hire find you? Did they find you through your other series or did they find you through short stories? They found me by me beating my forehead bloody against the agent's door for 10 years. Oh. <laughs> and, and I attracted an agent called Jackie Sachs at bookends uh -huh. and she liked my writing and she said do you want to be my candidate for this series it was the Memphis barbecue series and I said yes so she said I needed to put a proposal together I need to do a synopsis three chapters and and uh, little sketches of two other books so I spent quite a while a few months doing that I gave it to her and she loved it and she sent it in and I got rejected. And then she was gonna have me work on something else. And then she decided to, what did she decide to do? Sell real estate or something? So, <laughs> so they gave me to- Out of the book industry. <laughs> so no, yeah, so they gave me to another agent and um, she got me that contract and she got the Vintage Suites contract for me. Tune in next week for the second part of our interview with Kay George multi-published, best-selling author and writer of Cat Cozies, Cozies, and the People of the New Land series. Thanks for listening to The Rock Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Group, assisted by Renee Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity 
process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Poloschuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at linkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.